0: Hey everybody, welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and this time I will be talking about The Gay Crime Wave in New York City Part 5, another update. Now this comes from Gothamist, which was published on April 2nd, 2023 by Julia Hayward, NYPD charges suspect with murder in connection to overdoses of two men leaving Manhattan gay bars. The NYPD charged another suspect believed to be involved in a pattern of robberies, including incidents in which two men fatally overdosed after visiting gay clubs in Hell's Kitchen last year. The arrest is the latest development in a string of crimes that fueled paranoia within the city's gay community. The NYPD identified the suspect as a 30-year-old male from New Britain, Connecticut. Jacob Barroso is now facing several charges including murder, robbery, grand larceny, and conspiracy, authorities confirmed to Gothamist on Sunday. His attorney information was not immediately available. Very few details are known surrounding the case involving Barroso. However, a Manhattan grand jury previously indicted another suspect on Thursday. That suspect, Shane Hoskins, is facing six counts of robbery, identity theft, grand larceny, and conspiracy. Hoskins' attorney did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Cops said they were Presumably involved in a host of robberies and druggings that ultimately led to the death of Julia Ramirez and John Umberger. Both deaths were ruled homicide by the city's chief medical examiner. Both victims' bank accounts were also drained, according to the authorities. Police also said on Friday they were seeking Jaquan Hamilton and Robert DeMayo, both from Brooklyn, who were also alleged to be connected to the drug-induced homicides in Hell's Kitchen? Police said there were 17 incidents being investigated as part of this pattern, occurring between September 19, 2021, and August 28, 2022. My God! Now from NBC Out. Gay New Yorkers share accounts similar to robberies that left two dead. NBC News spoke to two people who described harrowing experiences that seemed to broadly fit a pattern of robberies that left two men dead. And this again is from Matt Leavetes. The gay community in the country's largest LGBTQ City awaits answers after the unexplained deaths of two gay men who were separately found dead with their bank accounts drained. And that was written by Lisa Evsiva from NBC News. Matt Lavietes says, the cases were weeks apart and eerily similar. Two young men in popular New York City gay bars. They each left with at least one mysterious person. They were both found dead. Both of their bank accounts were drained, and they may not be the only ones. More gay New Yorkers are coming forward for the first time with accounts that share notable similarities to the unexplained deaths this spring of Julio Ramirez, 25, a social worker, and this is from last year, of course, and John Umberger, 33, a political consultant. The biggest difference so far they survived. NBC News spoke to two people who described harrowing experiences that seemed to broadly fit the pattern of what happened to Ramirez and Umberger. It sounded so eerily similar to what happened to me, Tyler Burke, 27, said about Ramirez's death. I was like, I'm lucky to be alive. Bert and the students at NYU believe they fell victim to a larger string of robberies and assaults that police are investigating. Their stories also mirror a troubling detail that Ramirez's and Umberger's families have only suspected that they felt like they were drugged before they were robbed. The New York City Police Department said that the city's medical examiner is still determining the official causes of Ramirez's and Omberger's deaths. Now this is before the indictments, of course. There have been no arrests, there are now. Police would not confirm whether Burt's or the student's cases were a part of their ongoing investigation. The NYPD provided a statement on Friday, and this comes from November 18, 2022. Reiterating that police and the district attorney's office are investigating several incidents where individuals have been victims to either robberies or assaults, in which some, but not all, are members of the LGBTQ community. NBC News could not verify that the men's experiences were connected to the string of robberies and assaults. Meanwhile, the gay community in the country's largest LGBTQ city awaits answers. John Peterson, 55, says he was robbed in similar circumstances in 2018 and combined with the recent reports, the experience has left him shaken. Part of it's like, am I crazy? Peterson said. Women are so aware of this as a thing that happens. I don't think gay men would ever suspect this could be done to them. In December, Burt, who reached out to NBC News on social media after recent reports regarding the two deaths, was walking home from a night out with friends when he stopped at the Boiler Room, a popular gay bar in Manhattan's East Village, for one last drink by himself. Sitting alone at the bar was the last thing Bert says he remembers before waking up the next morning in his apartment confused. Bert said he woke up lying on top of his bed with all of his clothes and shoes on and his phone missing. He then noticed that his personal laptop iPad, headphones and wallet were also missing. Using his work laptop, he discovered that was just the beginning of what would amount to roughly $15,000 of stolen belongings and funds. The person or people who robbed him accessed his checking account, overdrafting it to pay off his credit cards and then using them to buy three new iPhones that morning. Bert, who reported the incident to police the day after the encounter, said he believes an assailant used his unconscious face to unlock his iPhone and bank accounts using the face ID feature. He said he believes that the person or people who robbed him also slipped him some sort of drug, knocking him unconscious and causing him to black out. I don't think I was drinking nearly enough to have zero recollection. Also, that's never happened to me before, Bert said, adding that he had a total of three to four drinks over the course of four hours. I'll go out and I'll get home and be like, oh gosh, I don't remember getting home, or I don't remember leaving, or something like that because I drank a lot, but I don't remember anything. I don't remember a single thing after I had that drink, which has just never happened to me in my life before. The father of a New York University student who spoke to NBC News on the condition his name was not published out of fear of putting his son in danger said that his 21-year-old son also believes he was targeted by men with similar motives on April 8th, less than two weeks before Ramirez's death. He also said that his son, who also requested that his name not be published, told him he was leaving the Q Bar in Hell's Kitchen, the same bar Umberger was last seen at, with three men he had just met that night. The four of them, he said, planned to go back to his son's apartment to meet a friend who was already there. The man, who connected with NBC News through Linda Clary, Umberger's mother, said his son and his son's friend believed they were drugged at some point after returning to the apartment with the three unidentified men. The father said that his son and his son's friend believed they were drugged because of the sudden nature of their blackouts and loss of memory coupled with the robbery. When the two gained consciousness, the father said, His son's phone was missing his bank accounts were emptied using cash apps and his credit cards were maxed out in total the man said about $5,000 worth of cash and items were stolen from his son similarly to Bert the college student's father said his son believes the assailants used his unconscious face to unlock his iPhone and bank accounts using face ID his son's friend he said had her wallet stolen The father of the college student said that his son filed a police report and that his case is still being investigated. NBC News was not able to independently verify the son's account. Peterson, a freelance computer consultant who reached out to NBC News on social media after recent reports regarding the two deaths, said that on November 16, 2018, he also had a similar encounter. Peterson said he was headed home from Tribeca after attending a large private party where he had three to four drinks over several hours. While alone and hailing a cab, he said he suddenly and uncharacteristically blacked out on the street corner and was robbed. He regained consciousness momentarily, waking up to a man shaking him violently in the back seat of an unfamiliar car, yelling, what's the pin number? What's the pin number? If you just give us the pin number, we'll take you home he said. The next thing he remembers is being dropped off in front of his apartment building before waking up the next morning with a bloodied face and his bank account wiped out. Peterson said that he was not feeling heavily intoxicated before abruptly blacking out, nor did he have a hangover the next morning, which he said is common for him on the rare occasions he drinks too much alcohol. Although traumatized, Bert, the father of the NYU student, and Peterson said they looked back on the incidents today with gratitude that they weren't fatal. It took Bert about a month after the encounter before he felt comfortable sleeping in his apartment again, he said, adding that the incident prompted him to go to therapy. It took me a while to really process what had happened to me and how terrifying it was, Bert said, and then seeing stuff that's come out, like that kid who died in May. That really could have been me. It was just one small move away from that happening to me. There's a lot of what ifs that I've gone through in my head, which is, you know, not fun to think about, he added. Less than two weeks after the college student's alleged encounter in early April, Ramirez was found dead in the back of a taxi. His body was discovered an hour after he was seen leaving the Ritz Bar and Lounge with three unidentified men, according to the NYPD. His family previously told NBC News that approximately $20,000 had been drained from his bank accounts. Peterson, Clary, and the college student's father all said they felt the NYPD did not initially take their cases as seriously as they hoped and were at times unresponsive. It seemed like he was being reluctant to do anything that required a little bit of extra work, Bert said of the detective on his case. It just felt like it was not a priority at all, and I was the one following up, bugging the guy time and time again, and I was just getting nowhere. The father of the college student, who was allegedly robbed, said that the police stopped returning his phone calls until recently, months after the deaths of Ramirez and Umberger. New York City Council member Eric Botcher, whose district includes Hell's Kitchen, told NBC News in a phone call that his office has been in contact with the NYPD and the Manhattan District Attorney's Office on a weekly basis since reports surfaced in May about Ramirez's death. His office has sought to ensure that appropriate resources have been dedicated to the investigation, he added. It's horrifying and infuriating that people are being preyed upon and victimized in New York City in this way, Bacher said. Whoever is doing this needs to be brought to justice. While the NYPD only confirmed it was looking into several other potentially related incidents, Clary said she was told there were at least a dozen other cases included in the investigation. She spoke highly of the current detective on her son's investigation, but her message to the public and public officials was clear. People, do your job. Thank you for the work you do, she added, but I need you to work harder. I need you to do more for the sake of your great city and for the sake of citizens that are counting on you. Now, from NBC out, murder suspects arraigned in string of New York City gay bar robberies that left two dead. Robert DeMeo was charged with murder, robbery, grand larceny, identity theft, and conspiracy in connection with the death of John Umberger, a 33-year-old political consultant. Now this is reported by Matt Lavietes, Miles Miller, and Kenzie Abu Sabe. A second suspect was arrested and charged with murder in connection with a string of drug-facilitated robberies of men who visited gay bars in New York City that included two deaths Two senior law enforcement officials told NBC News on Monday, and this comes from April 3rd, and again, Robert DeMeo was charged with murder, robbery, grand larceny, identity theft, and conspiracy in connection with the death of John Umberger, a 33-year-old political consultant, and in a separate incident in which an unidentified victim did not die, the officials said. So last month, the medical examiner's office ruled their deaths, Ramirez's and Umberger's deaths as homicide caused by drug facilitated theft. Multiple drugs were found in their systems, including fentanyl, lidocaine, and cocaine. Law enforcement officials said that police obtained security video showing DeMayo and Jaquan Hamilton, one of three suspects police have named in connection to the homicides of Umberger and Ramirez, entering and leaving Umberger's temporary residence in Manhattan's Upper East Side. Through a search warrant, police also recovered two videos from DeMeo's phone that showed DeMeo at the site of Umberger's death, the officials added. In one of the videos, according to the two officials, Umberger appears to be unconscious, lying face up on a bed in his temporary New York City residence. It speaks volumes of the heartlessness of these people, Umberger's mother, Linda Clary, said of the videos. That's what I find very troubling and why I don't think these people should be allowed to be among us. DeMeo's detention follows the arrest of Jacob Barroso on Saturday. Barroso, 30, was charged with murder, robbery, grand larceny, and conspiracy in connection with Ramirez's death and in a separate incident where the victim survived, police said Sunday. Barroso was arraigned Monday in Manhattan Criminal Court on murder and robbery charges. He pleaded not guilty and was not granted bail. We intend to fight this case vigorously, his attorney, Danny Krause said. Several family members and friends of the defendants crowded into the courtroom Monday afternoon. Outside the courtroom, one of Barroso's supporters said he was not a murderer. You guys got this backwards. We will prove his innocence. A group of family members and friends of Ramirez were in the courtroom for the proceeding and the victim's mother was seen crying. In addition to the unimaginable pain their family and loved ones are enduring I know that many other New Yorkers have feared for their own safety when out experiencing New York's vibrant nightlife these charges demonstrate that our career prosecutors have the skill professionalism and dedication needed to solve these type of challenging cases I don't know who this is attributed to On Friday, police said they believe DeMeo, Barroso, and Hamilton are among those responsible for a broader citywide robbery pattern that includes at least 17 victims. The incidents, which include Ramirez's and Umberger's robberies and deaths, occurred from September 19, 2021 to August 28, 2022, the spokesperson said. An additional suspect was arraigned Monday afternoon on robbery, grand larceny, and identity theft charges in connection with the string of robberies. Andre Butts, 28, was captured on security video buying sneakers with Ramirez's credit card, according to prosecutors from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Butts, who was arrested Friday and pleaded not guilty, is being held on $100,000 bail after he tried to flee during his arrest, prosecutors said. Butts arraignment follows last week's proceeding against Shane Hoskins, who was arraigned on felony larceny and identity theft charges in connection with the same string of robberies. An indictment naming Hoskins 31 and four other unidentified co-conspirators outlined a pattern where victims were incapacitated to the extent that their ability to perceive events became diminished so that suspects could steal their victims' cell phones and credit cards and use the physical cards and information stored on the victims' phones to transfer money to themselves and make purchases. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and NYPD Commissioner Keechint L. Sewell commended the teamwork between the NYPD and city prosecutors to bring forward charges. These defendants showed a callous disregard for human life and now we are working to hold them accountable, Sewell said in a statement. The New York City Police Department previously confirmed to NBC News that there are multiple groups of criminals committing these types of crimes against men visiting the city's gay bars. Police also said that comparable crimes were being committed against patrons of bars without any LGBTQ affiliation. One separate group is suspected of committing similar crimes on 26 victims, two law enforcement officials told NBC News last week. Fashion designer Catherine Marie Gallagher, whose death in July was ruled a drug-facilitated homicide by the Medical Examiner's Office, was one of the subsequent group's victims, the officials said. Last week... The New York City Medical Examiner's Office also confirmed that it is investigating several additional deaths in similar circumstances to those of Ramirez and Umberger. It is unclear, however, if they were found dead after visiting gay bars or whether they were connected with Deneo, Barroso, and Hamilton. A spokesman for the Medical Examiner's Office said they could not comment further due to the ongoing criminal investigations. And there was a correction dated April 6th at 11.15 a.m., A previous version of this article misstated the judge's decision regarding monetary bail for Jacob Barroso. The judge denied Barroso bail. She did not set bail at $3 million. Personally, I keep thinking it also might have happened to a bunch of older guys who were alone in life and were old school confirmed bachelors who went to places like the townhouse on East 58th Street, and may be dead, and still undiscovered, or survived, and would never say anything out of fear, even though they may be retired. They're not the kind of guys who would actually publicly come out, or their deaths were just written off as heart attacks and not investigated. The guys who survived said the NYPD gave them lip service until it became more well-known, so I have to think that uh, a lot of these guys don't want to go through the embarrassment or the stress and the anxiety of having to deal with law enforcement and having themselves publicly outed or looking foolish or being known to uh, patronize prostitutes so uh, they would probably be silent victims in my mind anyway. At the top everything else off, Queerty has an article about a new Law & Order episode exactly about this crime wave. And the interview was with an actor named Adrian Anchando, and it says, Adrian Anchando talks timely Law & Order about New York City's gay targeted attacks and calling Chris Maloney daddy. So what do you know? Law & Order got it right. Well, there you have it, folks. The wheels of justice are moving, and they're moving rapidly. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, be safe and peace out.